What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Boulevard of Champions podcast, hosted by yours truly, David Torrance. I'm an author, strength coach, and entrepreneur just trying to build my legacy. Let's get into it. And our quote of the day comes from James Baldwin. The quote says, To be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be enraged almost all the time. Uh, Today we have a guest. I know you guys are usually used to seeing me outside by the lake. I know I did another episode that was inside too, so we're switching it up a little bit. I promise you guys I'll be right back by the lake um, as I usually was before. Um, But we have a guest today, my childhood friend. Um, I've known this guy for a really long time. Uh, it's been crazy to see his growth, our growth. I mean, we started off as little kids running around in the church, um, and now we're in adults in our different facets of life, doing things that we feel like is contributing towards the world and a better society. Um, so with that being said, you guys, I want to introduce you to my guest, my friend, my brother, Joel Jones. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Um, I wanted to switch it up. Usually my last podcast I did on business, um, have an episode I did on business, right? Um, But I really want to get into something a little bit different um, in regards to voting because I know that we have the election coming up. I know that as a culture, many of us believe that voting is not very important and things of that sort. So we're going to dive into that. But before that, we're going to hit you with a quick uh, either or question. So I kind of want to you know, start off lighthearted and we'll get to the serious stuff later. Is that cool? That's cool. That's cool. All right. So first question, either or Lion King or the Goofy movie? Lion King. I don't even know what the Goofy movie is. The Goofy movie? Come on, bro. <laughs> you don't know what the Goofy movie is? Oh, you know who Goofy is? Maybe, maybe I know what it is. It's when Goofy and his son go on that road trip. And- oh, now, that, I don't know, but I, 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 I met the Lion King first. So the Lion King of classic. I might have to stick with the Lion King. Okay. Like, all right. Got you. All right. So we know where you're from. So I picked this one specifically for you. Uh, Big Sean or Eminem? You know, dang, that's tight. That's tight. <laughs> then it's like black and, it's black and white, too. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, we rock heavy with him. Uh, but I was, I would say, uh, I'll say Big Sean. He got some hits with Shaq. Okay, that was a hard one, wasn't it? Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was typing up. I was like, "Ooh, I'm about to get him with this one." <laughs> All right, uh, last one: carrot cake or red velvet cake? Red velvet cake for sure. Carrot cake, carrot cake be on point. Now that I'm older, but red velvet cake, if it's made right, <laughs> it always hits. Can't go wrong. (laughs) All right, cool. All right, so um, for those who do not know who you are, man, uh, give them a quick rundown of who you are and what you're currently doing. Um, I know who you are. I'm sure many of my followers know who you are because I post you on my social media, so forth and so on. But for those first-time viewers, you know, please give them an opportunity to know who you are and what you got going on right now. Yeah, so I mean, so my name's Joel, like Dave said. Um, Currently, I'm a state representative. I actually entered my last term. I just had my had a primary um, earlier this week on Tuesday. 
So I uh, ran unopposed. So I'm getting ready to retire from the house in a couple of years after I finish this next session. Um, besides that, I'm an auxiliary police officer. Um, I'm in the National Guard still. Um, I'm doing military intelligence, but I'm attached to a military police uh, battalion. I'm a senior deacon at my church, the Spiritual Israel Church in this Army, and I am an uncle. I actually just had another nephew um, just born too. So I'm, I'm an old head now, but I just work for the people, with the people. Of service to the people, as all you've always been like that, though. So I'm not. This is nothing new, right? Right, nothing new. You know how it go. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> that's how we were raised, though. I mean, that's how we. That's how we were impactful. That's how we do stuff for the community. So, um, with that being said, um, you have. Are you? What is the? There's a black. There's something on your on your uh, on your Instagram page that I had shot out a couple weeks ago. And you did a live um, with a young lady in regards to a movement. Can you talk about that really quick, if you know what I'm referring to? Maybe our Black Party? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, our Black Party is a new um, political party, um, kind of like a Tea Party of the left. I want to start it with some of the people that um, I've been doing a lot of different things with the Black Millennial Convention, um, Young Elected Officials Network. But about 300 Black electors came, came together from across the U.S. wanted to put together this party. Uh, we had a soft launch back in uh, around Juneteenth, and then we had a, a more official launch shortly after July 4th. Um, and so the whole intent with this was to really help raise and elevate Black issues. Um, you know, and we, we, we've been fighting so long for, for everything, for equity, but now we're ready to win. And so uh, we're creating some sort of revolution. Um, you know. What I would say is that you know our Black Party basically exists to advance a political agenda that addresses the needs of the Black people. Um, we envision America where Black people are liberated um, and participate freely in political, economic, and social systems um, that exist here in the U.S. And um, you know I'm excited about it. I think that a lot of people are are joining the, on the uh, bandwagon or joining the movement, um, mm -hmm. young and old, and this right here will become a vehicle and a catalyst um, even to help speed up some of the things many of us have been working on for years. And so when we're talking about civil rights, we're, you know, we're gonna elevate that to human rights. When we're talking about blacks here in America and elevate that to blacks all around the world. You know, this is all about equity. So we don't want fairness anymore. We don't want justice. We don't want equality. We don't want everybody to be on the same page. We realize that black people need a bit more than everybody else because we've been given a bit more for the long longest so you know you ready to rock and roll nice um that's what's up man and I, I i will definitely can you say the name of the website one more time for the people who didn't catch it right our black party so www.ourblackparty.org nice uh i think it's important that we understand that we are in right now we're in a very pivotal point in history um, i've been calling this the great pause of 2020 Right, because a, a lot the world kind of shut down, you know what I mean. Um, and it's offered a space for Black entre entrepreneurship. It's opened a space for um, conscious thought, um, and it's opened a space for us to really see Black and White, but mostly Black, what's really going on here and what we truly need to do. Like you said, we always talk about equality, but equity is a different thing in and of itself, right? We want to make sure that we all can have the same start. And then from there, we start the race. You know what I'm saying? Not that you're, you you get the 20 head start. You know what I mean? We both start the same time. You know what I'm saying? 
Uh, so that's that's a huge part that we have to understand. We got to take seriously. So with that being said, um, how do you feel about this upcoming election? Well, you know, I'm excited about it. I think that um, Biden has an excellent chance of winning. And this will kind of, you know, we have to realize, of course, you know, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party have been switching sides for the longest. And so originally we were with the Republicans, then we were with the Democrats, then we were with the Republicans, now we're back with the Democrats. And so even though it's been this crisscross effect all these years, right now where we find ourselves in a two-party system is that uh, you kind of have to you have to decide with one of them. Yeah. And uh, Joe Biden seems to be more on our side uh, from a, at least from a social standpoint, um, and I think that's where we're going to go. I think he's been doing a fantastic job of uh, gaining momentum in different states. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see how, how it happens. But at the same time, uh, I'm going to be voting and be encouraging everyone to get out and vote. But outside of politics, when we're talking about building a sense of community and, you know, har- harping on that, those political, economic, and social structures that is included in the platform of our Black Party. We have to figure out how we build a sense of community ourselves. So let's say, you know, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody thought... Donald Trump was going to become president last time at first. You know, some of us knew, like, man, this guy might just come out and switch the game. But a lot of people were like, hey, no, Hillary's Hillary's got in the bag. All of a sudden, we wake up the next day and see that Trump won the election, and now life is, like, forever changed in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. But, you know, had we been together already on the same page, Black people wouldn't be concerned about what's going on in this world around us as long as we build a sense of community ourselves. And so even, you know, no matter what happens at the election, I think I'm still going to be committed to our continual uplift. Um, and that's what we all need to be focused on right now. I agree with you hundred percent. And I actually, because we, we know, we know the big election is coming up, but, and I've, I've learned this from watching you over the years, more importantly, it's our local politics that we truly need to have our foot deep in as opposed to having our emotions deep into what's going on in the TV with the national election. So can we go into maybe three things that the average person can do today, right? To better engage themselves in their local politics. And then after that, we'll get kind of deeper into that, but I want to start there. I mean, you know, you could do a lot. I mean, you know, it's not always being involved in office. I think especially as young people like you, for example, you're, you're excellent at writing, at speaking, um, excellent at fitness, uh, I mean, excellent with music. And so you could just take those, the, just those handful of skills that you have, you know, besides everything else that you have. And you can go to your city council, you can go to department heads, you can, you can create a board and a commission. You know, you can create an organization in your local area to put forth something that you enjoy doing. Um, because we have to realize, you know, black people are monolithic. Um, so it's, a lot of us do a lot of different things. Um, but at the same time, we all are willing to support each other. We're all willing to um, entertain other people's ideas, other people's customs and traditions. And so if you have an idea, if you have something you want to do, um, speak up, you know, stand up, stand up, speak out about it. Um, and in the moment that you do that, the platform increases for you. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you can, you can go and be, you know, if you want to do the government political route, you can go be a precinct delegate. You can run for school board. You can run for city council. Um, if you want to be more on the business side of things, you can, work on creating some kind of, you know, business credits or social credit system. You can work on getting appointed to a board and commission, maybe um, the TIFA board or the planning commission to really have a hand in the businesses that are coming to your community. You know, it's a lot of different things you can do, but the, the, the first key really when getting started is just building relationships. And so once you build that relationship with folks, 
uh, regardless if you're privy on the details or not, mm-hmm. you might get a phone calls and let you know, hey, Dave, I, I know, you know I met you. It's, it's been a couple of years since we've seen each other, but you know, we have this wonderful organization coming to the city. You know, I, I just thought you were right on the tip of my tongue. I thought about you. Why are you coming to check it out? And then opportunities are beginning to flow to you. And so the key is just building a relationship. And like you said, um, it starts in our neighborhood. So maybe even before we went to City Hall, just go next door. You know, go talk to the person that you live on the same block with. Figure out what y'all have in common, what y'all can do to improve. You know. So, so with that being said, so takeaway, we need to first talk to each other, <laughs> right? Absolutely. A lot of us, a lot of us say we want to be a part of the community in which we live in, yet we don't know anyone in the community in which we want to serve. Right. A little backwards, right? Yeah. And and I often see this like we talk about right we talk about these things oh we need to engage, engage our community and things of that sort and I'm gonna keep it real with you even myself I see my neighbors I know my next door neighbor to the right but I, I can't say I know the one to my left and the one across <laughs> the street I mean right. but but I know in my heart though I want to build a better community in which I live so for the average person that's the first thing like you said we can do. Talk to your neighbor. You see them riding their bike. Say, hey, how you doing? I know I've seen you around probably. I just want to introduce myself, right? And then that's how we start community engagement from what what I'm learning from you right now. And then from there, we can take the next step and maybe going to our city council and things of that sort. Now, for the average person, where can we find that information? Let's say I just moved to a city. Where do I go to find information about where I can get involved for like, the um the committees the boards and all that kind of stuff where's that information found if you want to do that i mean call it call up the city hall ask to speak with the city clerk um tell the city clerk what you're interested in um probably ask for a list of boards and commissions or ask for boards and commissions that are open ask for positions that have elections coming up soon you know or just say hey i'm a young person i just moved here just trying to think uh what i can do to get involved but the city clerk would definitely be one of the best people to talk to um aside from the city clerk um, also, or or why you calling the city clerk? Also, ask depending on your address who your who your representative is uh, locally. So, you know, check out your city council person, your county commissioner, your state rep, your you know your state senator, your congressperson. See if they can give you that information. And then if you can, um, they'll also be extra resources to help you figure out if there's other things you might want to do even outside of your community. Gotcha. Um, so one thing I can say I'm very happy is uh, my mentor is one of the commissioners for the city in which I live in. Um, and yo, he's, you would think, uh, like these people may not be as ordinary as you may think, but he's yeah. an assistant principal at one of the <laughs> schools down the street. Like, and he's, and coincidentally, he's been living in the city his whole life. Um, and that's yeah. cool because I didn't know this, but there are sometimes commissioners, um, that don't live in the city in which they represent Facts. Yeah. and they don't even pay taxes. In the city that they represent, and that can oftentimes be a little a little odd, only because it's really I you, and I, I feel like it's personally really hard for you to represent a community in which you don't you aren't immersed in, right? You know, um, and for you yourself, right? You ran in the city in which you live. So, what what was that experience, and did you see that you were able to connect better? with your neighbors and the people in your community when you did that, as opposed to maybe trying to run in a different area that you're not formally uh, introduced to or informally introduced to? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that's important. I mean, anytime you get to grow up, like the same way we grew up, you know, and, and we get to travel around, we had different church assemblies and we would be in different states and we got a chance to meet people. Mm-hmm. You know, if we ever wanted to do something uh, across the House of Israel in any of the vineyards, it was all love. You yeah. know, because we grew up with the people, we knew the people, they watched, they watched our process. And I think it was the same thing when I was growing up in Inksters that, you know, my parents had me involved. I was volunteering. My sister started a business out here, you know, cutting grass, babysitting, walking dogs, you know, shining shoes, giving people massages, all kind of stuff. So people mm-hmm. seeing that growth and seeing us matriculate, you know, not only I'm in the community, but through school, you know, they seen me start attending city council meetings when I was a young person, getting up to speak. And so it was almost like when I got ready to run for city council, I was, I was, I was really almost in the door, you know, all the way. Yeah. They're like, hey, man, this is, this is Jewel. I mean, I basically raised him myself. I almost had to support him, you know, and that's the thing with a lot of political offices, you have residency requirements, but sometimes you don't. And sometimes people skirt the system, even when they do have residency requirements where they might have an address in the district or in the area, and and maybe they got another address somewhere else and they just don't put that one on their ID and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's a whole different story. But I think at the end of the day, it's critical just to you know, if you want to be homegrown, you want to take care of the area which in which you grew up in, the area in which you, you know, plan to have, like, raise a family or where you have your family already raised that, it's critical to, to focus on that particular environment. And then you, you know, that'll be a building block for when you can expand. But always start at home. Charity starts at home. That's what they say. Yeah. So for, for a parent who, who just had a child, like, how how important is it or what things could they have their children do to to learn and do better for example like you said your parents had you involved at an early age doing community service things of that sort and that that right there planted the seed that grew into something we didn't even know what happened right Right. it was just something that we did because we wanted to teach service (laughs) teach uh how to work right uh networking how to talk and deal with adults and i'm sure those social skills you learned from doing that helped you tremendously. I know it helped, helped me, like us growing up in church, like we always talk about, me having to talk in the lesson, like being able to speak. In, it may, it helped because now I can do it and not bat an eye. A lot of people can't say that. So, so for, 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 the young, for the young parents out there or the parents out there, what, what specific things are, are you guys allowing in your community, Inkster, to allow kids to participate and learn about service? Yeah. Well, you know, now it's, it's been very interesting. We actually lost our school district. Um, it was completely dissolved back in 2000. And, um, I believe it was 13, 14, 15. It was, it was one of those years. It was dissolved. Um, and this is the first time it happened in Michigan. It happened to wow. predominantly black communities. It happened to a handful across the state. And so um, when that happened, it kind of put a it made things very difficult in terms of like being able to capture the, the students and the children in one place to actually get, you know, a program or something like that going. And so right now there's been a lot of organizations been very creative from mentorship, you know, to um, teaching manners, to, you know, just bringing them together to, to do sports or to take them on different recreational related trips. Mm-hmm. And I think the key with the parents at the end of the day is that, you know, a lot of times, uh, even if it's not resources around, just be a, be a parent. You know, take take time to spend with your child. You know, make sure that they they know that you love them. And you know, go out, 
you know, throw the ball with them or, or grab a, a canvas and let them paint. Or, or even just like when we were young, when we were little, we might not remember it, but we did it to people that were younger than us. You know, give them a sheet of paper and a pen when we in church because we don't want them to keep on bugging us. So we give them, give them something <laughs> so they can just draw. You know, just let children express themselves sometimes. And the more that we allow that to happen, we'll really begin, begin to see the skills and the talents that actually are inside of the, these young people. And so then when these little humans grow up, we know exactly like, okay, um, I wanted to do this, but let me feed this skill a little bit more. Cause this is what, this is, you know, I can see a pattern here. This is what they've been passionate. They, they really love this paintbrush. You know, let me go ahead and, and hook them up with a whole, you know, a whole little art set or something, right? Where they really love when we were throwing the ball outside, let's go ahead and, you know, it, you, you just had to figure out stuff as a parent. Is that just take your time with your children, figure out what they can do, you know, take them around with you sometimes, you know, some of that time that you would spend for yourself, you have a responsibility. Do, do something that's going to be um, in, uh, an investment in them because that's going to be the most important thing moving forward. It's not always about us after we hit a certain age or have, after we have certain responsibilities. It's about the future. Yeah, seriously. I, you say all that and all I think of is like, man, when we become kids, when we get kids, oh boy, we're going to have our work cut out for us. Thanks, thanks. Oh, oh man. So, as we know, a lot of things have been going on in the country in regards to police brutality. Um, we saw the death of George Floyd. Um, we, we know what happened with Breonna Taylor. And I find it very interesting that you are such a person so tapped in with what's going on in, in the world. But at the same time, you live, you are experiencing another part of the world where you are a police officer. You are working within different sectors and within the world. So you have a very broad and a very good view of the landscape in regards to those things. So if you don't mind, tell me, have you had difficulties being a police officer during this time? Um, and with that being said, uh, I know you have been, how has it been having the opportunity to platform to educate people on things as well? Cause I know that's something you're doing and that's just in your DNA. So can talk on that a little bit for me. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't had any adverse experiences. I would say, I mean, uh, you know, because it's a different way. It's a, everybody polices a different way, right? And so me and my partner, my partner and I, um, we, we have a good handle on everybody that we're dealing with. You know, they're all family. We treat everybody as such, you know, until the point comes where you have to treat somebody different. And I think with us, you know, we haven't the same route when we're talking about police brutality and we're talking about um, crimes and just, you know, police community relations in general. We do a fantastic job, you know, in, in most of the department really my hometown, we do a fantastic job of interacting with people that we serve, the people that we're supposed to protect. So I can't say personally I've had an issue, but definitely um, I think from an accountability standpoint and in other avenues, I, I definitely make sure that I don't hold my tongue when it comes time to say something or come time to do something, even if it's uh, somebody else that's on the force or it might be somebody from a different department or it's just come time to speak about police in general, because at the same time, in any profession, you're going to have bad apples, you're going to have people that's doing good, people that's doing not so good. And so it's important to talk about them people regardless of uh, your association with them. Right. So I, I do that a lot of times and I've had a, you know, quite a few people that uh, at our department who might have not liked what I said and, you know, we're just going to have to have that disagreement because I'm not just going to protect you because we're right here. You know, if it's, if it's something that you're doing wrong, I'm going to call you out. It might not be all out front and out public, but I'm definitely going to check you about it. Um, but in terms of the education piece, 
the good piece, since we're, you know, going back to building relationships with people, since we do a good job of building relationships with folk, uh, with the uniform on, with the uniform off, with any of the hats that we wear, uh, conversation is easy. You know, we can talk about uh, police brutality. We can talk about crime. We can talk about violence. We can talk about building community in our own neighborhoods. We can talk about all kinds of different things because I have a relationship with people and the conversation isn't so uh, adversarial. You know, just, we can sit down and break bread and just and catch up about things. We don't have, it's not an argument. It's not a, a major disagreement. Uh, maybe we have different viewpoints, but at least we can talk about it. And I think, like you said earlier, the, the beginning of change is us being able to talk to each other. A thousand percent. I, I just got my update. We got, we got five, we got five minutes left. Uh, no, um, I think a lot of people don't know my mother has worked in the police department all my life. So a lot of my mentors are police officers. My nearest and dearest friends are police officers. So even me, myself, I have a very, I feel like I have a great, great perspective because I, I understand all, both sides. Um, right. And I understand how the world works as well. You know what I mean? Um, one thing I will say is that I don't like the fact that we allow the bad apples to spoil the bunch. Um, but with that being said, not even going too deep in that, I just want to let you know I love you and I thank you for what you do in your position because I know it's not easy. I know it's not hard. And I know you're for the people and I know you're serving the community. And, you know, you're coming. I know your heart, right? It's, e it's easy for me to judge someone who I don't know. Um, but even for me, I know you. So it's even easier to know where you're coming from and know where your heart is when it comes to certain things. You know, um, and with that being said, I, I know you feel we do need to arrest the, do you, how do you feel? Do you, do you feel like we need to arrest the police officers that murdered Breonna Taylor? Oh yeah. I mean that, that, that whole, that whole situation, I actually just connected with a, a young brother that is going to be a councilman um, in that particular area. He explained the situation to us is that um, that whole situation was because the city was trying to, um, I, I would call it eminent domain, how they take property from different um, that the city can basically seize property, but instead of doing that, he was explaining this whole racial situation. Like they wanted to, there's a few more houses on the block and they were trying to gentrify the neighborhood. And so they're performing no-knock warrants essentially to go in and, and try to clear people's households and whatnot. And so when we're talking about an accidental warrant that it, somebody ended up getting killed with it, when we look at the intentions of the no-knock warrant and it comes from a, a place of gentrification and all these other issues that's tied to it, I definitely think that it's people at fault and we need to do something about it. Um, and people have been talking about it for the longest, um, why why people aren't arrested and all this kind of stuff. You just gotta look at this, this. The system that we're dealing with now, sometimes it works out in our favor, but you know, we look at the origins of it, um, it's never been set up to support us. Mm -hmm. And so you know, the, the moment that we continue to rely on this system to do something for us or, or to cut us some slack, we're just gonna be asking our entire lives. That's why it's important to have some of these young revolutionaries out here now, and even some of the more seasoned ones who are ready to take uh, back what we need, uh, ready to take what we created. Because, you know, this is ours at the end of the day. And so um, I think we just have to go ahead and get back to the, that mindset of uh, empowering ourselves and, and claiming that power back. It's there for us to take, man. I mean, like I said, this has been the most one of the most revolutionary times. And it's times like these that we see the most, that we can implement the most change, that we can 
change the wealth gap. Um, and we can do so many things because it's, it's the perfect time. I just, I'm trying to encourage people to educate themselves, to learn, to be open-minded to the possibilities because oftentimes our environment builds these walls around our mind in which we can't see outside of them. Right. And oftentimes that, that's the thing that kills us the most, our closed-mindedness. And oftentimes we're reliving traumas too much that we can't relive and we can't allow ourselves to have any flourishing in life. You know what I mean? And I have friends, I have conversations with friends and we're talking about trauma, the traumas of, of the back in the days and, and things of that sort. And, I, and I, it's important to acknowledge those things, but there becomes a point to where that acknowledgement has to be a second priority and the push towards the culture and the movement is now the number one priority. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so last, last few questions. I know we got to get off here. We try to keep the podcast very short. How has it been doing everything you're doing and having a love life because this is my biggest issue right now in life i'm gonna keep it real doing having doing my masters running my businesses podcast are you dating right now or if you have how hard has that been uh you know i'll say for myself it's been very hard trying to find someone who understands my time and my schedule and being able to assimilate to that because i understand we as people male or female have needs so what's been your <laughs> your experience with that right and i mean i know we uh i know we had a brief conversation last time when i was down in uh miami, miami in miami with you yeah and so you know i think i think at the end of the day it's, it's, it's going to be a process uh, at any time especially when we're so young and we're, we're we're knocking down these these doors that uh we're, we're looking to knock down for our future, you know, and to, in order to better the future, not only for ourselves, but for the people around us, you know, our family, our friends, our neighbors. And it's, it's something that I think is just going to, every day is going to be a, 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 a new learning activity, you know, because it's like we're, we're, we're never going to really get to a point where we just have it down to a science. And so like me, Right now, I don't, I don't, I've never said I was dating before. I'm not really sure. I know people throw these words around me. I'm very careful with those kind of things. And so, you know, I'm not sure how you describe dating. I don't know if that's just like, I go out and go with people, I hang out with people, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You're just like me. I, I just kick it. I'm not, I just, yeah, I'm letting, I'm letting God handle that. I'm not really trying to search or look for anything. Just staying focused, you know, building friendships. And that, that, that kind of stuff means a lot to me. I know it's cliche. Exactly. But it truly does mean a lot to me, and right. I and we broke up from the same cloth, so I'm not surprised exactly. to hear that response. Yeah, and you know, how, you know, how it go. We we just think we build in relationships. We think we build in bonds. You know, this is another person on the planet. We're just trying to meet another human. You feel what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. uh, because of society and, and the societal pressures of just of just our world, is it's it's a lot to take on right now. And so I I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I just want to let you know, me with you in Miami, bro, was one of the highlights. We had such a good time, did we not? Oh yeah, it was a blast, bro. It was a blast. <laughs> dance, but yo, we dance. I'm pretty sure me and you danced the whole night. Like we're in the we did, middle yeah. of the dance floor. We danced the whole night. We had was a great that, uh, time. Or yeah, yeah, it was, it was in Brickle. Yeah, yeah, man, we we were dancing the whole night. We left, got food, had a great night, man. It was it was dope. I can't wait for you to come back. I hope you're coming back once we come back to normalcy and all that, because. Yeah. I got to see you again, bro. And if not, I'm going to make my way over to you and we just do it that way. We're going to make it happen, bro. We're going to make it happen, man. I, I got, I love you, bro. I love you. We did have a blast. <laughs> so let me end out the show. So 
For those, for the first time viewers and those who are returning, please like, subscribe to the podcast, send it out to a friend, leave a comment, let us know what you think, um, give us some ideas on what you feel like we can do better or even topics you would like to see me touch on. So, you know, to end the podcast, I like to end with a song that you may or may not know. Today's song is called His Pain by BJ, the Chicago Kid. So as the song comes in, like I said, don't forget to subscribe, like, give me a shout out. Um, Joel, thank you again, my brother. Any last words for the people? Hey, man, perception is reality. And so if you think it, uh, you believe it, you can achieve it. That's how we grew up. So, but love you, though, bro. Keep with the good work, man. Thank you. Love you, too, man. Boulevard Champions Podcast out. Peace and love, bro. I'll talk to you later. Lord, help me, because I need you. I know this weed is burning, and I'm on drink number two.